You're listening to AACTE Presents, the University Principal Preparation Initiative, a podcast designed to inspire learning opportunities and educational partnerships to create highly trained and qualified principals who will influence and shape their learning communities. Brought to you by the Wallace Foundation. By now, we've shared a lot about the work of UPPI and the thoughtful planning and framework that was developed in order to address the growing need for more collaboration between districts and universities and prep programs in order to adequately prepare incoming principals for their role. Once some of the primary framework was created, it was time for Wallace to take the UPPI initiative into universities and put it to the test. So Wallace invited a number of potential candidates to participate in the initiative. And one of those universities that was selected was University of Connecticut. In this episode, we're going to dive into a case study of how this program played out at UConn and what they've learned from their program redesign. In order to do that, we spoke at length with Richard Gonzalez, who oversees the Principalship and Superintendency Program at UConn and serves as the director of UConn's UPPI Initiative Project. UConn was at a place where they were already expanding and improving their district partnerships, and the timing of Wallace's invitation came at an opportune time. So the timing couldn't have been better. It was an opportunity because that growth and change was leading to a little bit of an identity crisis. We were evolving, but we weren't coherent in our evolution. We frankly were facing the question, are we growing as one program or are we becoming multiple programs? And so the opportunity to participate in UPPI for UConn was very much about answering that question. In 2012, the state of Connecticut had passed significant reform, resulting in a piece of legislation called Lead Connecticut that prioritized leadership support and improving leadership for the schools that were consistently underperforming at the time. In collaboration with local stakeholders, the Connecticut Center for School Change, the Department of Education, and an external mentor program helped to launch in 2014 a turnaround leadership preparation program. But that wasn't all. In 2012, independent of what was happening at the state level, the Hartford Public Schools called who was at the time the department head in educational leadership at UConn's NEAC School of Education. And they said, we're not happy with the quality of the talent pool that we're, or the candidate pool that we've been experiencing for the principalship. Might you be interested in a partnership to do something about that? He said yes, and so it made sense for that person, being me, to accompany the department head to say, here's something for you to do that's constructive and in line with what you are here to help with. What came from that was a customized program for the Hartford Public Schools that emphasized priorities in leadership for them. What does it take? to be and succeed as a leader in the Hartford Public Schools. So we essentially organically from the ground up had the conversation of what would you like for them to know and be able to do? What experiences would you like for them to have in your system to learn your way from the mentors and models that you want uh, to serve as the standard for prep? And so we developed the Hartford-specific program, which we named Preparing Leaders for Urban Schools. And that was built from the ground up. 
the program began to make some big changes. Their program historically had a high success rate already, but they wanted to move away from the traditional course-based approach and bridge the gaps that existed in order to serve all the communities in the state of Connecticut, thinking about competencies over coursework. I want to back up to something that was mentioned that deserves some attention, and that is the reason behind why Hartford Public Schools Educational Leadership Department was mentioning in the first place that they weren't happy with the quality of the candidate pools they had been experiencing for the principalship. What was it about the candidates that made the districts dissatisfied in the first place? It's a terrific question because it ended up being a little little bit of foreshadowing of, of the work we would do ultimately in UPPI. We've known about and we still struggle with the knowing-doing gap. So it's great when you come out of a prep program that you know a lot, and you know what you should do, and you know that in theory it works, and there's research behind it. But what you don't necessarily know, sometimes as a candidate, and you should, and what the prep program should know, or at least have evidence to support, and what the districts would love to know and have evidence to assure them is, can they actually translate that knowledge to practice? And can they do it consistently as appropriate in various circumstances and situations, right? Because that's ultimately what the whole thing is about. Leader prep is about that. Leader preparation not and the talent pipeline. It's not just getting folks who are smart and knowledgeable and well-trained about theory. This whole work is about preparing folks who can do the work in real time in various situations and adapt. And that's the key, adapt. Because no preparation is perfect, never has been and it never will be. Nothing can ever prepare you for everything that the job entails. The only thing it can do is give you an orientation, give you positive habits and give you enough to adapt successfully or appropriately as things evolve out in the field. What we heard a lot was there was a gap between knowing and doing. And there was that fundamental question about how do we know when they are ready? And how do we know that they possess the skills as competencies, right? Not just as a discrete skill that can be done on demand, but a competency, which means they're carrying it in their pocket and they take it out and use it appropriately as needed from now on independently, independently. Now that the knowing-doing gap was clearly identified, we wanted to understand more about how UConn has specifically sought to close this gap through their multi-year initiative, and if a baseline had been established for how to better gauge if a candidate was ready to close that gap as they stepped into the principalship. Richard identifies that the primary way they have been able to gauge this readiness is not through the courses that should be taught or what the internship should be, but rather through the use of core assessments. For us at UConn, We made the assessment the center. What we said was what answers the question about how do we know? How can the district have assurance? How can the candidate have assurance? We started with the end in mind. We started with four project-based assessments that would be the drivers of everything else around it. We started with what 
is the work of the principalship that they should experience and demonstrate competence in, in order to earn our endorsement. And so we ask our candidates to complete four projects independently outside of courses. That's what you do at UConn in the internship. They build off of each other and they're sequenced intentionally to get an understanding of what the work of the principalship is. And that is, first they do an organizational diagnosis. They assess what's in place now, how's it going, what's working, and what are some opportunities for improvement. Second is a supervision and instruction cycle, what's often called teacher observation cycle. Third is facilitating professional learning. And then fourth is a school improvement or change project. And then we designed the courses, the course sequence, and then the internship experiences around it. We also figured out things along the way through Lead Connecticut and with PLUS, and then through this work in UPPI that was fundamental to this work. In all of these changes being made was the hope of being able to better prepare principal candidates to be able to meet the needs of the district. But additionally, they wanted to not only provide assurance to the district that their candidates were well-prepared, but also to provide the candidates themselves with assurance that the things they learned through the program were proven to work and be effective as a base of confidence for them as they moved into the principal role. So it begs the question, was that purpose served from the candidate's perspective? Did they see the effectiveness of their preparation as they stepped into their principal role? We wanted to find out from someone who has gone through the prep program at UConn. We spoke with Simone James, who at the time of this recording is in her second year of the program, and she shares more about her experience so far. We're broken into cohorts, which is nice because the group that I'm with, for me, my cohort is only seven people. So it's a nice small group. You really get to know everybody there with you and that's in your class. We all have an internship and we have a coach who's been really helpful just to be able to discuss any issues that come up or bounce ideas around with. We also have four core assessments throughout the program that sort of just give you a good, I think, overview on like how you're developing as a potential school leader and sort of your own areas for growth and also areas that you're doing well in. Simone is going through the program as a full-time teacher, so her plate is very full. But she attests that the program has given her the support she needs to be able to be successful through the internship process and juggle the demands. Simone shares that throughout all of the training she's received so far, the most helpful piece has been the core assessments and what the clinical preparation has looked like for her thus far. They really cover just such a wide range of skills that as a leader you would need to have. And you're also getting really good explicit feedback on how you do on those projects. So for example, with the teacher observation, making sure that I'm practicing, you know, what it actually looks like to be scripting out this full lesson and really looking for, you know, effective practices and effective instruction. So for me, getting to do that with a teacher who is willing to, I guess, just have that open and sort of transparent conversation with me about when it came to like doing the feedback and what I noticed. And I think 
sort of just having to ask them to be forgiving with me if, you know, if I'm kind of stumbling through it with them, but knowing that it's not really evaluative and it's, it's, and it's a learning experience. And then being able to turn that in and then getting the feedback from our instructors and from, from faculty within the program about areas of my observation that, you know, seem to work really well, or areas of things that I might have left out, things that I could look for next time. Just having sort of that practice experience, that test run experience for me, it just key because at least I took away from that, that, you know, when I do go into to a principalship position, I know that's going to be an area that I'll have to focus a lot in because I, you know, you need to not only be able to notice these effective practices, but also describe them and then give feedback and really be looking at a teacher's learning and growth throughout the entire year. While we're doing one piece of that, then you're even throughout the other course sessions, you're connecting that to like, for example, the professional learning plan. So the things that I noticed in observation, how might this professional learning plan that I'm creating be something that would support the same teacher? So even though the things are sort of broken up into each piece, you're also looking at a full picture as a school principal, like how do these things come together to really impact a school and impact students. Simone is preparing to graduate soon and will soon be starting her own journey in the principalship with a strong base of support from her prep program. She shares the most meaningful parts of her journey so far and what she will carry with her into her new role in the future. The most impactful things were those things where we were able to be trying out things without the fear of failing at it, but just knowing that it's, it's, we always say it's about the learning. It's not about the grade, but it's about the learning. So for me, being able to have those experiences where you're put in a situation where you're getting to do the things that a principal really, truly might be doing, but also at the same time, knowing that I have the support of the directors of my coach, that I can go to my colleagues and my cohort, that I can go to them and still work through any problems or, or struggles or challenges that I'm having while we're kind of all in it together. So for me, that's been definitely the most meaningful for my experience. While this episode is by no means an exhaustive report of UConn's experience in prep program redesign, we hope it shares with you the highlights and provides enough insight as to how these efforts have been implemented and experienced so far. Prep program redesign can be a major undertaking, and it may at first seem like too much work to even consider. But in Richard's experience, the end results are well worth the effort. I have been pleasantly surprised. I have been left in admiration. I have a great deal of appreciation for just how open the university department faculty have been, the adjunct instructors have been, to this idea of if our mission is to prepare the best possible leaders for every school community in Connecticut, why wouldn't we change? We fundamentally change the way we operate in response to this design, and it's become more burdensome, to be fair. I mean, that word is loaded, and it suggests bad. But what I mean by it, it takes more of our people's time to teach for us. You can't just show up and teach anymore because we honestly share. So forget agreeing on the syllabus. We share our plans and our slide decks now, either before or after each session. We'll stop and say, all right, we're three sessions in. What are they getting? What are they not getting? How did that go for you? What do you think? There's a lot of conversation and adjusting that we never used to do that way. And so what I want everyone to know is, yes, it's a lot of work. And yes, it can mean moving from a complete autonomous structure of academic freedom to engaging in collaborative shared decision-making and teaching. 
And that's going to require a different way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or that it changes the experience because I think, frankly, it enhances it. Thanks for joining us for this series on the University Principal Preparation Initiative. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably someone who cares deeply about the future of education. So if you're interested in learning more about the work that the Wallace Foundation is doing to improve school leadership, you can visit our website at www.wallacefoundation.org and click on the Knowledge Center tab, where you'll find more resources about school leadership. We hope you'll join us again next time.